everybody. Welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and today we are joined by recording engineer, producer, musician, gardener, part-time luthier, and breakfast burrito enthusiast, Tom Biller. He's worked with heavyweights like John Bryan, Fiona Apple, and Kanye West, and we talk about all of that. We talk about a lot, including the time he won a Grammy and then broke it. But I think... Everything started with the amazing advice his dad gave him about taking guitar lessons. Learn how to play, and then we'll think about lessons. He's been keeping busy during the pandemic by doing some mixing, fixing up the Beastie Boys old studio, and producing albums based on the artist's height. This episode is a lot like jazz, guys. It's a little chaotic, but it all works out. So follow Tom on social media. Follow us at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, review... Buy us a coffee with no commitment at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Merch is at performanceanx.threadless.com. Let's... Hi, I'm, I'm Tom Biller, and I'm an uh, engineer, mixer, producer, musician, and uh, you're on performance anxiety. I'm on performance anxiety. I have anxiety about this performance. Okay, hold on. Nobody's made that joke, right? Nobody's made that joke. All right. Hi, um, my name's Tom Biller. I'm the uh, engineer, producer, mixer, and I'm on performance anxiety. Is that good? Yeah, I could do it in a deeper voice. No. Sexier voice? Do you need a sexy voice? No. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can do it again. I can do it again if you want. Do you want another one? or it's... Do one more. Hi, I'm Tom Biller. I am a producer, engineer, and mixer, and I'm on performance anxiety. Yeah. Play, play them all at the same time. There's one big layer. All right. Hi, I'm, I'm Tom Biller. I'm Tom Biller. I'm a producer, engineer, mixer, musician. I'm on performance anxiety. I'm on performance anxiety. Is that all right? That's good. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do this stuff. It's, yeah. All right. I, I poured myself a drink, but my ice is a little too big for it right now. I got to let it... <laughs> I got to let it melt a little bit. There's nothing wrong with large ice cubes. <laughs> I just... I was like, ah, I got to get something before he, before he texts me that he's ready. So I just went in the freezer. We had a bag of ice. I just grabbed it and like, oh, crap. Now my hands are all over it. I can't put it back. <laughs> so, oh, well. That'll happen. It'll be... <laughs> it'll be a nice distilled, watered-down fingers worth of Elijah Craig. Yeah, but here's the thing now. I have just regular ice cubes, so I'm, I'm feeling a little complex. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll it's, see. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I don't judge a person by the size of their cubes. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. This is... Uh, a, uh, a an interesting uh, thing here. Talking <laughs> into my phone again. I'm actually testing out some new headphones. So. Oh, nice. What yeah, do you got there? AKGs. So they, they uh, sent them to me to and a bunch of the people on our on the Pantheon podcast network to test out and and uh, see how they work. And I'm actually on. No joke. I'm actually loving them. They're nice, nice. and weighted perfectly, and they fit my ears nice <laughs> nice and com- cozy and comfortable yes very very comfortable i'm very happy this is the first time i've used them so i'm very happy with them so far nice those are good i i, I like akgs that's good stuff yeah 
I also got a mic, but it's uh, I, I don't want to mess with it. I, mean, I just got it today, and I don't want to use it until I test it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Have to mess around with it a little bit. Uh, yeah, mess around, mess around. Yeah. So, and hopefully... Yeah. Uh, you're in California, so you don't, you're not going to get this. But we're getting uh, all kinds of snow apparently tomorrow so i may have a whole day to mess around you're getting snow out there yeah it's 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 uh it's the the winter the winter breeze is starting to hit us i mean <laughs> i complain i complain a little bit because it's cold out here but it, it's not really cold and you know i grew up in pennsylvania so i'm used to it i was gonna ask that was one of the first things i wanted to ask you was whereabouts in pennsylvania about an hour south of pittsburgh really um oh okay and uh town called mason town oh okay so you're actually probably not all that far from where i am now in winchester virginia it's not far yeah i mean it's it's close to like uniontown morgantown's not too far you know um yeah it's far enough from pittsburgh to be uh and close enough to west virginia to be uh pretty much right in the sticks yeah (laughs) but uh, i know how you feel yeah but it's pretty down there too and you know we used to drive to uh ocean city maryland all the time oh yeah yeah and uh, go down cut through virginia and maryland and all that good stuff and it's it's pretty country i miss it oh yeah it's beautiful i I love winchester and i love the whole shenandoah valley it's just it's gorgeous this time of year the right when the leaves change and all it's just it's Absolutely. absolutely stunning yeah it's really really nice so how did you get into music in the first place? I mean, was your was a lot of music in the house growing up, or were you more like of a black sheep of the family? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, other than you know, my big brother had a guitar, and I always idolized that, and uh, you know, so that was probably a little bit of the first sense of of something, probably when I was a kid, but um, and you know, my my brother and sister are both ten years older than me, so they had a nice old. Uh, kind of classic rock collection oh, nice. to chew on when I was a kid. So um, I was getting a lot of that, I think, in the early years. You know, and then I guess just got the bug at some point, like a lot of people, you know. Um, records started in, in in CDs, if you will, you know, started yeah. to make, make more sense to me than high school football and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I just started kind of tinkering away since then. And... Um, I don't know how the heck I got here. <laughs> well, we'll, but, uh, we'll, fi- we'll figure that out here but, uh, as we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but it, but as far as that, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I just you know started to obsess over things like reading liner notes and things like that, and, and that's me. Uh, and uh, you know how to figure out how to play this guitar solo this week, and and, and that, oh. and and all that, and then I you know, and I started uh, taking some you know. I, played trumpet for a couple of years in junior high band and uh did that kind of a thing but um okay i've got a trumpet player at the house too i got i actually have a nice. trumpet player a tuba player and a french horn player your kids yep that's amazing got a whole brass section my house is a cacophony <laughs> better than a bunch of drummers oh yeah for sure uh, well <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> with, the, with that tuba my, my son brings the tuba home <laughs> Yeah, it depends on how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, they're they're good. Yeah, they're getting. There. They're not pro. <laughs> how old are they again? You said they're they're kind of teenagers, uh, right? Yeah, I've got. Uh, they, oh, my daughter actually just heard me say that, so she's staring at me like I can't believe you just said that. Oh. <laughs> so, 
and now my son's joining in on the staring and yeah. uh my youngest daughter will be here shortly but i've got uh, yeah. a 16 year old 17 year old and soon to be 18 year old that's 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 crazy oh it, nice. it's wonderful though i mean it, it's i have two myself so it, it's uh I, I know the uh the the joys and the and the, the trials and the trials and the headaches yeah and the no it's all it's good it, it, it it's good and it, what it, it's amazing that um i have a little four-year-old and uh she is just she sings like non-stop and is always banging on stuff and you know i have a piano in the house so she's always you know bashing on that and and you know she is for a four-year-old she knows like she memorizes lyrics like nobody's business she knows oh, all wow. of them and so she's i'm starting to give her some lessons over the over our uh quarantine and all that stuff we have um too much time on our hands so you know i just it, the least yeah. we can do is try to teach her a few things like that and i was really excited the other day because you know i went through and i was like henry her name's henry and uh okay. I, I you know i quizzed her and i was like what hey what note is this and pointed and she's like that's a c and Bam, nailed it so nice I, I, either she got lucky or something's starting to sink in <laughs> but uh yeah either way, that's it, impressive yeah it's it's nice though when you see your kids starting to do those kind of things and and yeah take interest in all oh yeah that stuff yeah because when i when i was a kid you know my my parents loved to listen to music but neither of them played anything and so i was i wanted to take a guitar lesson and, and they're didn't happen until i don't know uh senior year in high school or something like that when they said okay you can actually drive to lessons now so now you can we'll, we'll for pay it. for them but get out of yeah. the house but i never learned to read music or anything like that and so i'm i'm really glad my kids can read music and they can play uh multiple instruments they've all taken guitar lessons and now the horns so i think it's yeah. just incredibly important i think so too i think it 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 makes you smarter as a kid. I think, I think doing, um, learning instruments, learning other languages, you know, kind of exercising those muscles in a different way is, is I think it helps in a, in a lot of ways. And whether you're studied and you read and all that stuff, that's one thing, but something about, I just think it is, there's something about the resonance of music in general that, um, the more you do it, the, you know, hopefully kind of smarter you get in other things you know it teaches you yeah. a lot of it teaches you a lot of different things about life if you let it so it, it i think that uh the younger you can get that of uh, the the better I, I wish i had it a little younger than than i started and like yeah. almost wish i was forced to like take piano lessons when i was six or or <laughs> yeah, something me too. But, you know I, I remember asking my dad i was like can i get guitar lessons and you know i was probably like 10 or 12 and he was like well, there's a guitar here. Learn how to play it first, and then you you can get lessons. And I was like, "Well, that's why I want to." What the hell you think I'm doing here? But but it gave me this. Yeah, but you know, I think back about that, and it gave me this thing of like, I'm just gonna learn how to do it. I'm gonna try to figure it out, and you know, for better or worse, I, I've tried to do that with a lot of things. I'm self-taught on all this stuff, you know. And, oh wow. And, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say self-taught. I've had a lot of mentors and things like that over the years, but it's not formal nothing formal yeah so, no when did you start or did you start playing in bands after you started picking up the guitar and and learning how to play you know i did a little bit in pennsylvania when i was trying to figure out what i was going to do and then i started to get this thing about like what's this who's this engineer on this record and who's this producer and i started kind of getting into that bug too probably uh -huh. 
you know, 18 or 19, 20 ish, you know? Oh, wow. And, uh, I, I kind of, you know, did the thing where I was like, well, I would love to be a rock star. Sure. Wouldn't it everybody, but you know, practicality, yep. it's like, what's the fallback on? I was like, well, I'm going to investigate this whole recording thing, you know? So I got the bug and originally it was like almost to evolve to fall back on plan in a way, but, okay. um, it, somehow I've kind of somewhat intertwined it in, in some ways, but it, uh, you know, at that point I, I just kind of went for that and, and then kind of gave up really playing for a while. When I moved to California, I, I was like, I want to get in the recording studios. And, uh, so I kind of concentrated on that, but I was always playing a little bit, but I didn't necessarily play in bands or anything when I first moved here. Okay. Um, and that kind of, I kind of got into that like more later when I started to go more freelance engineering and producing as well. Cause it just, that's what I fell into. I started meeting more people in bands and I wanted to do that more. So yeah, but always, you know, I do kind of consider myself an engineer or a, uh, I mean, producer is a dirty word these days. <laughs> is it and, really? Uh, you know, but you know, I, I'm. I'm a geek about all of it, you know, so. So what was the first real professional job you had behind the boards as an engineer or, or I guess, I guess it would be a, a, an engineer instead of producer first. Um, yeah. Um, let me think. I mean, actual real, actually first record I ever produced or not produced, but engineered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first, like, I guess what would be the first credit you would put out well, there. I think the first credit that, uh, I think the first credit is probably on a Grant Lee Phillips record. I love Grant Lee Phillips. Yeah. I think that was my first credit that I, I'd admit to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and I, cause I started, um, when I moved here, I worked at this place called Guitar Center way back in the day, which was kind of crazy and awesome. Like right in the middle of Hollywood and, and just nuts. Oh, wow. But, okay. You know, and I, then I started to float in the studios and stuff like that and, and, you know, interned at a few places and assisted at a few spots like A&M when it was still a place and yeah. some things like that. And, yeah. you know, by kind of a random chance, I met John Bryan and started to, you know, assist for him and, and you know, kind of be his studio guy. Oh, cool. And, uh, one, not long after that, one day, although, yeah. Not long after that, he uh, said, hey, my buddy Grant's coming over and he needs someone to engineer. You're going to record a record for him. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Uh, um, he paid me 250 bucks and a four-track cassette player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I still had both of those things. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was it. And we just kind of camped away for a week and I, I just pressed record and like, fell in love with that guy oh was he's, that the, he's great was that the uh, ladies love oracle album yeah that was that one that i love that album Yeah, it was fun. And then, and then not long after that, I, I mean, John Bryan finished his, I worked with him on his solo record, Meaningless, and, and that came out. And that's, um, 
you know, those were kind of my first real credits. Okay. In, I've been, in, and I'm not a, super familiar with a lot of, uh, of John Bryan stuff. I, I know he's done a lot of the soundtrack work and, right. and I went back and listened to that album and holy crap, that's amazing. I believe she's lying is such a fantastic song. yeah it's pretty insane that that whole record is is uh pretty special it's got a great feel to a great sound mm-hmm yeah it's it's uh it's th- I, it was uh a lot of it was done when i met him and, and we were just kind of uh just finalizing some things vocal here vocal okay. there things like that some mixing and whatnot but it was uh again definitely an eye-opener for what music is and and what a songwriter is yeah and you've got a, a your discography i'll say is really varied i mean you you've worked with a, a lot of amazing people but there's such a wide variety of musical types and genres in there i mean you know fiona apple uh elliot smith kanye west john bryan's soundtrack you know for uh i heart huckabees and punch drunk love and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i mean it's just and, and it just goes on and on and i mean silver sun pickups back it's just it's a it's such a huge variety of stuff what were you doing for each of these because i know you, you've got different credits for each of these artists um like say for example fiona apple you did uh you worked on two albums with her yeah and i'm um, looking well, at your know, credits here you've got you're listed as uh and i'm, I'm trying to decipher the key on your website here <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, keep, for, I keep it vague no i don't know yeah <laughs> um so for extraordinary machine is an e which i'm assuming is an engineer and yeah. then when the pawn and the 87 other words of that title yeah you, you have g slash b slash k so well yeah i don't know that was that was my weird way of, of kind of making sense of things i mean g is guitar i guess b is bass and stuff i mean th- you know that was a weird one because it was uh I, you know i had been working you know the variety really in that, those days honestly came from john because he was doing you know everything he was yeah one day we're doing a soundtrack next day it's something else so you know and that somehow never stopped but you know, like on for that, and for instance, it, it was, uh, you know, literally like he was getting into another project. There was one song to record and we did the basics and he had started the uh, soundtrack to Magnolia at the same time, right? When we were finishing When the Pawn. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we had a couple weeks left. And so he was in the one room doing some score stuff and, you know, and, and at that point I was really just kind of assisting him and kind of getting my feet wet assisting rich costy the engineer who engineered that record and okay and uh you know we did the basic track and john looks at me he was like hey i gotta go work on this movie um why don't you play bass on this <laughs> i was like oh, okay um i've never played bass on a r- record before um 
I mean, you know, I would, he, he would always let me hang in his studio. So when I wasn't working, I was always recording something and usually my own stuff, you know, just okay. dicking around, you know? And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And, and, uh, I was like, what's, what's the key? And he was like, I don't know, just do it. And then, <laughs> he goes, so, so I, I was like, okay. And then, um, he was like, just know that, you know, she's got the last call. If she doesn't like it, don't get your feelings hurt. And I was like, okay, cool. And I played, we played it for her. She loved it. And I, and then he was like, all right, take the tapes to, to my house, do whatever you want to it. So it was one song and the way things are. Right. That one. So, um, I got to kind of have my way with that one, which was fun and, and just like completely bonkers. I wasn't expecting that at all, but you know, uh, it was a, it was a good learning experience. I mean, in so yeah. many ways of, of just like being completely, um, scared shitless. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's a hell know. of a way to break into playing and, bass. Uh, yeah. And you know, and also, I mean, I played bass, but I wasn't like, you know, I mean, I, we'd be in the studio and it'd be like these all these amazing musicians coming in and I'm you know I'd get the watch and I'd get, take notes and yeah. do all that stuff but it's you know never what I consider myself that at that point you know I still don't but you know at that point I, I was like all right let's do it and uh so it was yeah it, it, it kind of like I said it led me to um I think that led me to wanting to keep a foot in the playing music and not just being the studio a studio guy and not being on that side and that's one of the things that I think John taught me was you can kind of, there's no labels for this stuff. And especially in the engineering, there's, you know, there's a mixer and there's a producer and there's an engineer. And now, I mean, so many years later, it's whatever, you know, everybody's doing all kinds of different things. So yeah, yeah, it just kind of kept me grounded in, in, in just trying to, uh, trying to, trying to survive musically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you get your first production credit as far as, as being the actual producer of an album? I don't really remember. I mean, I, I, for, for a while, and, and I still do, I, I, I like collaborating on that level with other people. Um, maybe one of the first ones after I, I kind of went independent was probably more co-producing and things like that. Like That's when I, I did um, the work Karen O on Where the Wild Things Are. Right. And that was kind of like co-production, you know, um, the Liars uh, band as well. That was kind of a co-production and the first thing. And That's a cool um, album. You know, I mean, it might say produced, but it, it's, it's, you know, like I said, producer's a dirty word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and there's been a few, some, and, you know, and there's been some that, you know, I feel like I did produce, but it was just engineering. I mean, that always happens. So, um, yeah. I've heard that but, one before, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that happens. And, you know, I'm usually just happy to be involved. So I, I, I don't really uh, get too picky on credits and things like that. I, I, too many people okay. have. I, I've talked to artists who've told me stories about just re literally getting held up against the wall and being like, I'm the producer. I want a point. I need this. I need this. And, and it's like, wow, come on, man. So there's enough to go around. 
I got to ask you about this because I'm, I'm not a, I don't know this artist's work very well, but what were you doing with, with Kanye? Because I mean, you, you worked on, on his, uh, what late registration album with yeah. you know his enormous hit gold digger. He got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. His baby mama car crib is bigger than his. You will see him on TV any given Sunday when the Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. She was supposed to buy your shorty Tyco with your money. She went to the doctor, got Lyco with your money. She walk around looking like Michael with your money. Should have got that insured Geico for your money. money. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want prenup. We want prenup. Yeah. It's something that you need to have. What was, what was that like? Were you in the studio with him at the same time? What was the vibe? What was the feeling like while you were working on that? Did you know it was Gold Digger was going to be as big as it was when you're hearing it being played? He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> You know what? It was I I, I uh, it it was it was the completely opposite experience you would think it would be when you're okay. dealing with the Kanye West. Uh, um, he was great. He was totally respectable. He was a workhorse. He was just absolutely you know possessed. I, I again, it was with John Bryan, and and he got the call to what he thought was just gonna do some overdubbing. Often. People would come by and bring their drives and we'd do overdubs and off they went, you know? And oh, okay. I, I, we thought that's what it was going to be. And we spent a day or so, a day, you know, just doing some things and kind of hanging out and, and getting the feel. I honestly had just, I would not even really heard his first record. He just kind of started to come into my world. So I didn't really know of Kanye at all. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Is it's funny because you know we're sitting there and he you know there was some uh, managers around or someone from the label they came in and they're playing in the track and everybody's like this is great and 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 uh, he looks at uh, he looks at the manager he was like well you know is John with my is, as long as John's my producer uh, we're gonna make a great record wow. and he looks at John he was like you're gonna produce this right and he's like I uh, sure. Because it was he, there was no discussion of that as far as I knew, you know. So so, wow. yeah. And then um, so we just then started working on this. We we had a studio set up at the time, and I remember Kanye was had like three studios going on, three or four at different times. Jeez. Between his record, other things he was producing, and all that. When we would basically work, you know, from two in the afternoon to about. 10 at night and then Kanye would show up at about 10 and we'd work till about four and we did that for about four months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just doing overdubs and, and he'd bring in tracks and we'd do some, you know, some arrangement stuff and play all this and, and, uh, he'd do, we cut a bunch of vocals and things like that. It's hard to tell, even listen to that record, what was what. There's a lot of people working on that, but it's, oh, it's bet. Uh, yeah. it was fun. It was, it was a crazy experience. The, when, I, when I said that he knew uh, Gold Digger was going to be a hit, the other thing that I thought it was funny was, uh, you know, we're sitting there, and, and this was the day after the Grammys that he won all the crazy ones for his first record. That was the day that we started this, right? Oh, wow. And uh, day or two after. And but there was all the hype surrounding it still, and 
he was like, in him and his manager are sitting there and they look at me and they were like, you ready to go to the Grammys next year? And I kind of gave him this look. I was like, all right, whatever. You're full of shit. But, you know, I mean, you know, not that it wasn't, but it, I, you know, I don't know those things. Who yeah. knows about it? And then it happened. So that's even crazier. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I actually have mad respect for the guy in that thing, in that area. I think he's a great artist i think he's a, he made really cool tracks you know i don't know i can say i don't know what's going on now but yeah you know it's uh he's he's kanye and he's kanye and you're not exactly that's basically kind of <laughs> is he's one of those you know it, it's nuts it's pretty crazy but like i said he's i like i, I uh, nature he was always like and, but at the end of the day he was always really nice and 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 really cool with with me and 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 john and and you know, it seemed like it was, uh, you know, he's the real deal. That's awesome. You mentioned that you didn't win a Grammy for that. Do you actually get the statue or do you get a certificate or what? How does that work? I got a statue. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, it's, it, it was crazy. I didn't realize that because it was one of those things where, you know, we were up for a few things and then I, it didn't win on a few things. And I, I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how that stuff works. So. Like yeah. two weeks later, they were like, we have a Grammy for you. Where do we send it? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought we lost. But uh, yeah, they sent, they sent me a Grammy and then I, um, God. I uh, put it on top of my speaker. And then about six months later, it fell off and broke in half. Oh, <laughs> I have fixed it though. It took me a while, but I did fix it. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Man, see, if, if, any, if I ever got that call, like you, you've won, well, really anything, I would kind of equate that with the Nigerian prince scam. Like, yeah. oh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you my address right away. Yeah, yeah, I'll help you launder that money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting 39 million U.S. dollars in return, correct? Yes. Can we launder a Grammy? I don't think yeah. we can. <laughs> It, it doesn't. You can't put that much money in the horn. They're not that big. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you can you get. Now you've worked bucks. on some really cool stuff, and I was going back and listening oh, to thanks, some man. of it that I wasn't real familiar with, like uh, Rubble Bucket. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, War Paint. War Paint. I just love that album. They're great. Yeah, it's amazing. When you're approached about a a project, is there anything that you're looking for in particular as to whether you're going to take it or not? Is is there anything that uh, sticks out as to uh, criteria? Anything that that you're you're like a hard no most of the time or? No, man. You know, I I, I wish I, I... I'd like to say I wish I could be saying no to a lot of things and you know I, I wish that was a problem I had uh, you know but I, I feel really fortunate because the, the things that usually somehow come my way are things that I kind of liked 
to do. Um, okay. And, you know, uh, you know, I think Warpaint was an example of that. Like, I, I, my bandmate at the time was friends with them. We had played, I, our, my old band played a couple shows with them, and we have friends of friends, and we knew, knew them, but I didn't really know them okay. personally. And, you know, they were literally just kind of looking for a place to record, and I had, a, and I had just built a studio for the oh, most wow. part. And, uh, you know, the, but then we hit it off and, and we kind of tucked away for a, a little while and made that thing, you know. It's a great um, album. A full, it's, a, it's a cool record. I'm, I'm really proud of that one. And it, it's nice because it, it's, uh, they've, you know, they've made some more records. It's, it's like, I, I, I feel sometimes you're, especially when you do uh, records that are early in a band's career, if, you're, if, you, if they're lucky enough to make two or three after that. Yeah. You know, even if you have nothing to do with it, I, I haven't worked with them since, but I, I feel that at least that, okay, their, their first, re- the thing I made with them was received well enough that it got them to do that. I mean, it, you know, not yeah. that, I, I, you know, I won't take credit yeah. for it, but it feels good to work on something like that and at the early stages. Well, you, yeah, I, I imagine you would feel a little bit more connected to their career at that point you know the thing you did with them was good enough to get them more records make they had such a good experience they didn't quit you know and, and they decided to make more music well yeah and i mean you know i i've uh I, i've definitely worked on a few things that uh never saw the light of day because the band broke up before it was ready to come out or you know or yeah. whatever, anything in between that. And it's, it's so hard to get something out and released and, and, and clicked and liked and all that these days that, that anytime something becomes known is, is you got to feel lucky about that. Yeah. I had L1011 on recently. Right. right yeah. Yeah. I, I love those guys, man. They're Christian great. and Tim are just awesome. And they had so many nice things to say about working with you, which is why I reached out. The album you worked, on with them was kind of a departure for them yeah um and now yeah, when, when, a, when, a band, when a band like they're they're an instrumental band and they come to you and say we want to do something we want to take a hard left we want to introduce vocals and, and all. what are your what's going through your head at this point because you know it, it's a complete departure and you've got to, I'm, I'm sure you have to approach it a little bit differently than the stuff that they've done before. Um, yeah, but it, you know, in that case, to be honest, they had most of the work done and they, you know, we, uh, I had a little studio in my house in Echo Park at the time and, and, uh, they really needed a place to kind of just do some vocals and do some guitars with the singer, Emil, who was, who was, who sang on those tracks. So... By the time I got involved, a lot of that stuff was done. So I, I was just game for doing the project. I, 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 you know, I started to realize what their music is, and and I knew of Emil's band a little bit too. So I just thought it was going to be a, a fun little thing. And uh, but I and I still love their instrumental music. Like I, I've I probably was only a little bit uh, bummed that 
there wasn't any of that, like, you know, yeah. or something, but, or, or whatever. Maybe some days if, if you guys are listening, I would love to record you, no, but, but they, you know, but it's, it's been guys, actually my good friend, Sonny DePerry worked with them on their, uh, records that came out recently and, and, and stuff like that. They're, they're oh, just a great band. Tautology. Yeah. And they're, they're, um, they sit, just good dudes. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a great. fun couple of days. They were, yeah, they were, they were awesome to have on. They did. We've kind of sporadically stayed in touch and they're just, I, I told them I was having you on and they were just so thrilled that they were just really happy to hear that, that you're going to be on the show. So I'm sure oh, cool. they will be listening. Cool. You've done some different things. All right, so, so you've done, like I, like I mentioned before, a wide work with a wide variety of artists. Have you had an artist that you got everything done and you're thinking it's going to be a hit, you know, a, a real successful album or, or, or sick. Yeah. And, and it just didn't hit. It, was there, is there something that, that really surprised you? That wasn't? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe something that you think, maybe that's a bad way to put it. Maybe something that you think deserves more attention than it got. Everything I've ever recorded. <laughs> um. Well, there you go. I, I mean, no, no, no. I know, honestly, I know I, what you mean. Um, one, one of the things I would, that I really discovered today, actually, that you did was uh, Rubble Bucket's Doobie Brothers cover. Of uh, yeah, right. That's really cool. Yeah, that was a cool one. He's watching her go. Well, they're a band in, in particular that I just wish would be the biggest band in the world because they're awesome and I love them dearly. And, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, I just think they're so, they're just awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we just did a little EP together, which is, you know, you never really expect those to, uh, bust out on the charts. Right. But, you know, but that was fun. It was, it was, it was a good time. They, they, you know, went and hung out in New York with them and, and, and did some fun stuff. So, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Cause like I said, yeah. I, I, anytime I, I've been fortunate enough to work on a record that is, you know, out there and released in, in a nice way, you know, you want people to like it and, oh, and yeah. uh, not only for you, but for the artist, it's like, I, I know it's being in bands and, and, put, and trying to put out things and never really having anything hit. It's like, I know how heartbreaking that is when you work your ass off on something and yeah. it's your music and your, you know, whether you're just a player in the band or whatever you, you want it, it's, uh, you want to be able to go and do those things and, and support yourself and be a musician. Yeah. And it's not always about being, you know, super famous or anything, but it's, it's just being, uh, being able to been able to have a job, have a career, yeah. and, and do things, <laughs> well, and, and, and play music. And you, you know, like like you had just mentioned, you know, you you're putting your heart and soul into this, and and you want people to hear it. So you know, it when a wide variety or, or a large amount of people do hear it, I'm sure that's a lot more satisfying than it never seeing light of day because the band broke up immediately after you uh, yeah you recorded it's, it. It's 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 a fair amount more satisfying than that. Yeah. <laughs> So on the, on the flip side, has there been something that you've worked on that just blew up that you, you're like, I have, I had 
No idea this was going to be this big. Um, hmm. Besides Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, to be honest, I would probably have to say Warpaint. Okay. You know, uh, it's not that I didn't believe in the record or anything like that. I just, I think at that time I was a little bit more disillusioned because, you know, like I said, my band was kind of breaking up the band I was playing in and, yeah. and you know, I was pretty much like, I, I started to, you know, just see some of the shit some of the record labels were doing and budgets were starting to get smaller and all of this started happening around, you know, at that time and. You know, I just didn't expect because I just figured that you'd put it out and maybe to have a run that go on tour for that cycle and maybe something else would happen. But that's gonna be great, you know. Yeah. But it's done well, and and it's and I've gotten I've gotten uh, I've gotten work off of that record. So it's, oh, awesome. It, that's also a nice test of how you know if it was any good or not. Sometimes. You know? I like I said before, I I love it. It's just got such a cool, like shoegazy Brit pop meets post-rock sound to it. It's, it's the only really way I, I can think to describe it. So, which are all things that I love. So you, yeah, you smash them all together and it, that's, that's a winner for me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. When you're playing with your own band and your own music, are you kind of also taking the reins as engineer and producer when you're recording your own stuff? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I did kind of by de facto in some of the bands I've played in much too. I, I never wanted to, <laughs> but you know, we never had a budget to hire anybody. So I just figured I'd do it. Um, so there was, there was always that, but, um, and then, you know, like at home, I, I, you know, I'm just usually if I'm by myself, I'm just tinkering and doing some songwriting and, and, you know, I've been working on some, doing some film music a little bit and, and some things like that, more, more stuff of my own, Okay. Or, you know, um, you know, or co-writes and things like that. It's, it, 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 you know, that's enough to kind of keep me busy and just start, keep throwing things at the wall at least. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. Yeah. You. I mean, it, it's, it's nice to, you know, it, it's nice to know how to record yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I didn't sometimes, you know, cause it, it, that's the, it's kind of your worst crutch at some point. Uh, you're trying yeah. to, trying to get a, a cool performance and you're worried that, you know, oh my God, the snare's rattling. It's like, you, 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 you know, you, so you, you, you gotta, you have to try to, um, turn it off, I guess. I never, I didn't think of that. Now you mentioned doing some soundtracks when you're working on a soundtrack, do you have to approach that differently than working on like, let's say like war paints album? Is, is there a different approach that you would take because it's for a film rather than a collection of songs that somebody else wrote? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little, a slightly different approach in the recording, and it, it just depends on, you know, pe depends on the composer, depends okay. on what what the piece is. Um, you know, uh, some of it's you know not much different than making a rock track or something like that. But yeah. um, you know, you're doing it to picture. You're doing it. You're also doing it to committee. That's collaborative. There's a lot of people involved at, at times. Um, okay. You know, um, so it's a different. It, it's definitely a different thing. I, I mean, it, it's, uh, working with John, it was a little bit different because he is so unique in what he does. He, he doesn't necessarily do things like other composers. Okay. Um, 
you know, another things, I mean, I've, you know, recorded and mixed a few things and that's usually just, it, to me, it's nice because it, it's a chance to record strings and, and, you know, the yeah. nice studios and all that stuff. And, and, uh, I love that, you know, recording a quartet or, or any kind of a string section or horns and things like that. So you don't often get to do that. So when there's a movie yeah. or a soundtrack, you get to do that sometimes. And that's always nice. Now, are you also, I'm, I'm assuming you, have, you get to watch the film before you, you, yeah, that's the worst Check part. Stuff. <laughs> Is it? That's the worst part. <laughs> Why is that yeah. the worst part? Well, I mean, you know, even more so than a record. Like, it, it's it, it's hard to listen to the work you've done sometimes because you know all the mistakes. You know uh-huh. all everything that was in between it. And you've heard it. You'll never... I, I, I'd like to say it's like you never have that chance to hear a re- that record you're working on like a fan the first when it's you unpackage it and you you listen to it for the first time you don't have that you the i you have the first time you might have heard the songs whether they're on a demo cassette or something yeah um same thing with the movie but i think it's even worse than the movie because with visuals you you know things are coming and like oh here's that moment it's like <laughs> it's a little hard to dis- you disguise it a little more in a record you know and you give it time and you come back and you, you do it but uh with movies it's always like you know, especially the ones that I've been fortunate enough to work on, they're so weird that I, 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 <laughs> I never got to, I never got to have that surprise of the, the, the seeing it like that, but it's, oh, uh, wow. and then there's certain things you just know because you've watched it a hundred times for this five minutes right. or, or 10 minutes of the movie. You might've just spent weeks watching that scene. Oh you know? man. So you, you get to know it in a really weird way and, uh, it's fun though. I, you know, it's, you just. It's uh, part of the sausage factory. Yeah, yeah. that's what this podcast is all about. Yep. I should have called it Sausage Factory. <laughs> That'd be a different podcast. <laughs> so, what's the worst thing that's happened to you in the studio? Obviously, the, the worst if you thing. Want to, the worst thing. Yeah, and obviously, if you want to, you don't have to mention it. You know, artists. It could be <laughs> some kind of equipment going down, or just whatever you're comfortable throwing out there. I, I think I have like 10 listeners, so. <laughs> well, if any of those 10 listeners have ever recorded to analog tape, they're going to know that we're accidentally erasing a track is probably the worst thing that you can do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's happened? Yeah, it's happened. That's terrible. I don't, you know, I don't like to admit it, but it's, it's you know, it, even though it was technically, you know, I mean, you're, you're the engineer, so you're, there's no going back with analog tape. Right. You erase it, you erase it. It wasn't, you know, and it was an accident. It wasn't anything that was like in, even in the heat of the battle or anything like that. It was a, it's actually a mislabeled track, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't know what was on there. If I would have, you know, like that's why track sheets are important and all that (laughs) things. It was just, it was, it was a bonehead thing. And the worst part about it, and I won't mention any names, but it was a song and the artist uh, his girlfriend had recorded a vocal on the tape and uh, months pre- prior and and when we went to look for it, it wasn't there and realized that it accidentally got erased because um, I think I was even printing Simpty or some bullshit like that and uh, <laughs> the worst part about it is he broke up with her oh previously so there was no way he could even call her in and be like hey can you come in and re-record this it was like he had already they've been broken up for months <laughs> So we just kind of looked at each other and was like, well, I guess that's, that's, uh, 
that's the uh, proper omen, I guess. But, you know, it still feels it still feels terrible when when something like that happens, or you you know you know you're not recording when the someone's playing. I think uh, going back to John Bryan, one of the first things that I remember with him is uh, we were doing a, a session. Um, Jim Keltner was playing drums. It was on the, that Fiona Apple record that that won the pawn. And bass player was in there, and and like I said, I was only kind of hanging out. I wasn't engineering or anything at the time. Okay. And I, you know, watched John kind of run in the room and just yell "record," because they had started warming up, and there, you know, warm ups are first takes. Like that, there's only one chance to do that. Yeah. And you know, I, I remember the engineer diving and putting it in the record, <laughs> and you know, I in getting getting the take, but it's like, and it was a beautiful take. Uh-oh. You know, and everybody thought that they were just warming up, but you know, it basically taught me that it's like there's no such thing as warming up. It's like there's no such thing as demo takes. There's no such thing as that was a first take. It was shit. It's maybe it is, but for the most part, you record everything. That you the know? Neil Young technique. You record everything, and then you accidentally erase it later. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you you know what I'm saying though. You, you just yeah. got to be prepared to. Uh, you know, don't miss those moments um, because when those moments get missed, that's when it's real. That's when being in a studio just isn't fun. Yeah. You know, when you realize that, like, ah, oh, damn, that that was they played it, and you know, the mic wasn't set up right or something. It's like you can't go back on those things. So you just try to be prepared as much as you can. Do you have a favorite moment in the studio? One that you like to reflect back on and say, "This is why I got into this." Well, it was 1967. In, <laughs> no, I'm not that old. Uh, I was negative 12. <laughs> oh, man, there's been a lot of them. I, you know, there, there's just been a lot of them. I, I mean, I think that whenever you... Um, singers can be very, you know, very self-conscious and, and demanding on everybody and themselves. And when you when you let them do their thing and they come out and they hear themselves and they hear what you've coached them into or they give you that trust to let them sound good or whatever, when you look at them and they're smiling and you know that, and you look around the room and everybody's grooving, that's kind of as good as you can get. I mean, there's, it's, uh, there's plenty of times where you look around in a studio and people aren't happy. They're not, they don't like their parts. They don't like the bass player's parts. The, the, you know, they, there's, there's many times for that. Right. But when you, when everybody in the room is dancing and, or if it's just you and that person, you and that singer and you, they leave the studio and they're happy and they call you back the next day and they're like, holy fuck, you know, that's, that's always fun. That's awesome. How did you get into working on guitars and repairing and, and luth- oh. luthiering? Is that a word? Is that how you say that? I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guessing. Even know. I don't know. I had, I had to look it up. <laughs> so I spelled it right. <laughs> I have uh, Google uh, have the pronunciation for me. Oh man, I always used to tinker. I, I, I uh, have always like done setup and things like that on my own guitars and, and took care of John Bryan's collection when he was there and. I didn't get into too many crazy things, but um, over the last couple of years, I just started getting the bug and tried to build a few things and, you know, and just get better at doing those kind of things. It's like, uh, yeah. like I said before, I like learning how to do stuff. It's like, I really respect like a 
really good guitar guys art you know doing frets yeah. and and doing those fine detail things and some of the beauty that people make in, in guitar building is, is pretty amazing but i'm like well, i can do a fret job yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> sure and, and seven guitars later yeah. no uh <laughs> no it's fun it's 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 a fun thing and it keeps my own i have you know my own little collection up in up and running and it's fun i got a couple of guitars that, that needed some work so i was like let's see how i can pull the neck off of an acoustic and oh you know, cool I'll, uh you know so like then then goes down the wiki hole of like how steam how to steam a guitar neck off yeah. with, a, with an espresso maker and uh and you know all of that in between which i did that's how you that's one of the ways you do it so oh wow yeah if you take an espresso machine like an old like a, just a little old one and a, a, a hose and a like a basketball needle yeah a pump if you pull out, I think it's the 13th or 14th fret. If you pull out that fret, that's right where the joint is on the neck. So okay. if you drill a hole in the joint in the fret and stick your steam in there, it steams the glue and it allows you to pull it off. On, <laughs> oh, and wow. it's nuts. It's nuts because you, you're doing it and you're like, how is this even possible? And then I'm it works. ruining my guitar. <laughs> yeah. Now putting the neck back on is a whole different story because... Uh, fenders and things like that it's easy a bolt-on no big deal right take it yeah. off put it on put a shim that's easy you know uh but an acoustic was it was almost like it was like my last frontier i was like if i can do this <laughs> then i can do anything yeah so so it's fun it's it's uh <laughs> yeah and it, it's it's you know and i just started helping some friends out that needed something need a fret job or my one friend of mine had an acoustic that was literally broken in half and i was like i could fix that yeah <laughs> i've taken my own neck off of my, yeah. my guitar yeah so but it's fun it keeps me busy it's one of one of my obsessions that uh keeps me away from doing anything that i'm supposed to be doing now i was looking through the uh, gallery that you had it looks like you got a, a nice double rick that, ah that it was cool well yeah that's actually that's actually a friend of mine's um this band sego or actually sego but spencer from sego and, and his other friend uh he had that the double neck and he brought it over to me one day and he was like hey um it's a little big because it's it's just it was a it's a double neck so yeah he's like it's going into my armpit he was like can we do something with this i was like you can cut it in half he was like can we i was like <laughs> uh sure <laughs> it was uh, disclaimer it's not a real rick it's a it's a it's a uh, okay. uh knockoff you know okay good <laughs> um but Still, I was like, okay, well, let's just take a saw to it. So I took a saw to it, cut it in half, took a couple <laughs> inches out, glued it back together, realized it was crooked, had to unglue it back together, then put it back together again, glued it, put it all up, and then... Wow. They have another one. I actually feel really bad because I was supposed to... They had, they, the, his bandmate bought another one. Davey bought another one because they wanted to have two on stage. Okay. And which I'm for. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Two double neck bass and guitars. <laughs> I don't care what music you're playing. I'm going to watch that. Oh, hell yeah. You know? So uh, I, I, I owe them a call. I hope they're not listening because they'll think I'm asleep. But no. It, I only did one of my 10. Yeah. But it was that, that kind of fun stuff, you know, just dicking around with band saws. I saw one on there that was a little odd and I, it looked to me like a, a, a Weissenborn. Are we actually working on a, a Weissenborn? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, it, it had the shape of the of the Weissenborn. 
Well, there's a little mandolin on there, I think, and 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 some things like that. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I haven't surfed my website in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think that's a thing most people do. I don't, I don't even have one for my show at this point. Oh, I'm sure people do it. <laughs> I'm sure well, Kanye is on his website right now going, me, 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 me. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> that's not nice. Uh, yeah, there was all kind of weird things on there. Some, like I said, friends things, a couple of silver tone acoustics and some things like that, some harmonies. And those things are easy. To, they're not easy to fix, but they're they're out there. And if you do a few things to them you could really make them in a nice playing guitar so okay um, i'm looking at it right now it's it looks it's a it's black and it's got looks like it's a super wide neck i'm not exactly sure be, what that just that might is. be one of my that might be one of my lap steels i have a couple of little oh, lap steels okay i have a there's a is it green uh let's see it looks like it was kind of taped up let me see here i'm gonna pull it up while i think i'm so here. curious there's uh, I, yeah, it looks like a like a weird green, but it's got that very strange Weissenborn looks shape. Like a toilet to it. seat. Looks like a toilet seat. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a lap steel. That's a okay. um, it's a uh, a ma old magnetone lap steel. But oh okay, okay. My wifey bought me for my birthday one year, but it's uh, it's uh, it's nice. It reminds me, I got to do some work on it because the pickup doesn't work. <laughs> well, one of the things I also like is your uh, your photos, your studio art photos section. I oh, was thanks, uh, man. I, I, I started to get into that before I before the pandemic hit, and then I like a lot of people was, gave up on life for the past nine months <laughs> and felt that me the last thing I need to do is to be self obsessive about art and things like that when all the shit is hitting the fan. So I, I, I should get back to that. I'm glad you like that stuff. Yeah. I, I was a photographer for, for like 15 years. So oh, nice. So yeah, I went to college for it. So nice. I used to do it professionally. So I love the uh, abstract stuff you've got on there. That's really, really awesome. That's, that's right up my alley. Oh, cool, man. I'm glad you like it. I, I've been, I should post more of that stuff. I have files of it. I just, like I said, it's been admittingly hard to be uh, self-absorbed these days. I, yeah, I, I can understand that one. I mean, we're not all Kanye West. Not that, uh, yeah, not, not that all artists are self-absorbed. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying that every singer in a band just wants to hear them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still working on your own music at this point? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I just, uh, before, we, uh, before we started, I'm, I'm help, helping a friend doing a... Uh, a little short film and I'm, I'm uh, pretending that I know how to play piano for an afternoon or two. And, and that's uh, awesome. You know, just doing some stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just, um, what, what? I dropped the mic, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, we've been, it's, it's pretty, it, it's pretty chill around here. You know, I got a couple kids running around the house and, you know, yeah. between, uh, building playhouses and, <laughs> you know, I, I garden too. I mean, that's, that keeps me busy. So oh, like I nice. said, I have many things that keep me away from doing actual music and creative type things. It's <laughs> between gardening and kids and, and all that stuff. It's uh, any excuse that I can get. Yeah. <laughs> so have you, have you worked on anybody's stuff during this whole lockdown stuff? And has that kind of changed the way you approach producing and engineering since everything's so remote um you know what to be honest for the previous year nothing has changed i i for like 
uh, well, a lot, of, a lot of things have changed. I have my studio out in my back. It's in my garage, and you know, I do a lot of mixing and stuff out there. And I've been doing a lot of remote mixing, anyways. And people just send you the files, so uh, I, you know, I, I don't need an excuse to not leave my house. You know, yeah. So <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, but you know, I, I right before the pandemic, and it's funny, it just came around again. Right before the pandemic, I, I did a mix for. This, uh, this guy, Nancy, who is, uh, from what I can tell, I have met him. He's from England. He's a seven foot tall, literally seven foot tall rock star dude <laughs> that, uh, uh, makes really great, cool music. And we, I, so I mixed an EB for him right before the pandemic, literally, like, I think I just got the last approval on mix notes. And then like the next day the shit hit the fan. And oh, wow. I, I just figured that, you know, I didn't hear from anybody and I just figured everybody's dealing. So. And then I literally got a call from them last week and they're like, Hey, we want to do a record. You want to do some stuff? So I'm like, yes, that's when I found out he was actually seven feet tall. Um, <laughs> How did and that just, come up? just for that, just for that, I want to do this. Like, it, like I, 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 I walked by Shaquille O'Neal once and it was like, Holy shit. What? That's tall, you know? And like, I, but it's seven foot, seven foot. I want to see what a seven foot person looks like. So that's why I said yes. <laughs> Just that would that be reason. so crazy. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm a very short guy. I'm five foot six. So seven yeah. foot. Seven foot's pretty big. That's, oh my, that's like, that is literally a foot and a half taller than me. That's it's, it, it's nuts. It, it, it's pretty crazy. I've seen pictures of him with his bandmates and they, it's like, wow, his bandmates are short. It's like, no, no, no. No. It's, <laughs> no they're, they're just regular. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, but but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing. I, I've done a couple mixes here and there over the past couple months. Nothing too crazy. I mean, the thing that I've been spending a good bit of time with is uh, I'm helping some friends, some new friends. They took over the Beastie Boys studio in Los Angeles. It was called G-Sun. Oh, wow. And there was a space there, and it was literally going to get demolished, pretty for the most part, as many things do. And... Yeah, the uh, guy was driving by, and he's been a fan, so he, he knew where the building was, and he would, you know, when he when would be in Atwater Village, he'd, ah, that's where the Beastie Boys had their studio and stuff, and it was like that's where they rehearsed. It was like Grand Royal Records and everything, and, and uh, they were gonna tear it out and make it into office spaces. And he was like, "Stop!" Oh, Made a couple phone calls. They got the space. They so we're um. We're kind of in the process of, of figuring out what to do with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the, we've talked about doing um, a lot of like live streaming type things. There's a nice big giant open space that uh, you don't get to see a lot in these parts. Okay. Um, unless you go to a, one of the big studios, but in you know, a little tiny control room, nothing, nothing crazy, but um, it's a really cool space and it's got history and it's a fantastic sounding room as far as a recording room. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We're going to put a studio there and, and cause there's, there's nothing in, there's no gears and any, so I've been, okay. uh, I've been gear shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I've been, uh, I, I've been, uh, you know, trying to trying to get that kind of squared away so we can kind of see what happens in the new year. You know, it's a terrible time to open up anything like that. I mean, studio is a terrible business anyways, for the most part. <laughs> really? I've, I've been told that it's the worst thing that you could do with your money is to own a studio. But, um, uh, but it's, it's, I think it's a cool thing and it's, they're, it, they're going to have some like live performance stuff there and, and stuff. And, uh, it's a great team and, and exciting stuff. I mean, it, it'll, uh, 
It's right across the street from one of my favorite little breakfast burrito places in Los Angeles. So I'm Ooh. very, very excited for that. That is awesome. Ha oh. Having not left my house in nine months and not had a been to a restaurant or anything like that. Um, oh. Yeah, no, my wife and I, we, we stay at home. We, we haven't done anything. Oh, man. Uh, so having not done any of that for nine months, I just need, I need to go to a taco truck. But you need a burrito. I need a burrito. Man, I'm I'm the exact opposite because I've had to go to work every you, single day you're out there, the whole yeah. thing. And that's that's 40, uh, I yeah, commend you. I've had a forty five minute commute each way every day. That's that's I commend you. I, I uh at least, get to be, at, least, at least you get to be in your car most of the time. Yeah, I, I, I listen to the, that's why I listen to podcasts and music at this point. That's why I do a lot of my listening prep for my guests. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, designated essential when this whole thing hit. And then when it came time for me to you know, say, hey, I'm essential. How about giving me a raise? I said, hey, you're not that essential. <laughs> oh, so. did you? Did I hear essential? I I thought you said something else. I thought you said I'm asshole. Sorry. Yeah, you're one Ugh, of the, man. you're one of my asshole workers. Yeah, yeah, I am that too. But well, you know, well, sorry to hear that. But you know, <laughs> well, hey, Tom, I've, I've it could be worse, man. You're working. I, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of a lot of people who who aren't, and um, yeah, I. uh I just hope the best that that it. I'm positive for the our near future, but it's it's a uh, it's a wild world out there. So who knows, you know? Yeah, and you don't know what it holds, but uh, hopefully things will start to calm down and uh, studios, live venues, entertainment in general will start to open up, so we can all kind of breathe again. Oh yeah, it it, it will. I, I I was talking to a friend of mine who's a manager. Uh, band manager and stuff and uh he works at red light which is in virginia it's it's you know down that down there and it's okay. giant they manage everybody and you know i was like what do you think man is it gonna happen oh it's happening it, people are doing it it's like you know there's tours booked for europe where in the places where you can go and you know it may not open up all at once in in, in the states but it's gonna happen and yeah and and people figure it out i mean people were doing you know the drive-in shows which yeah seemed weird I, my my nephew is a my nephew's a, a music fan he goes to a lot of concerts and he was like he sends me a picture from one he's at a drive-in show he's like honestly this is actually pretty awesome i'm just sitting in my car sitting on the roof i got beer i got the other things that you do in a concert and yeah. i am watching this show and it's great and nobody's sweating on it's like <laughs> you know it was a nice way to it was a nice way to see a show so i can get behind i i can get behind those weird things like that oh, like yeah. some some sort of creative way of making it happen where everybody's safe and you know everybody can have a good time and see a show yeah and you know music is such a creative endeavor anyway leave it to the to the musicians and and the people behind them to find a creative way to do shows i mean it, it's it's awesome i think it's fantastic yeah absolutely you know it's it's people people need to be entertained but also artists need to entertain yeah that's their job that's what they that's what they're put here for so yep however that is it, it, it's it's you know and when you can't do that I, I you know i feel so bad for some of my friends that really rely on touring that have been fortunate enough that they can get into that spot where they can they're doing this they're they're out they're touring they're they're actually making a little bit they're doing their thing but then you can't do this so 
Yeah. You know, and they can't really necessarily fall back on record sales or things like that. So not anymore. Any way that you can figure out how to do it. Like people are doing the live stream concerts and all of this stuff. It's like whatever you got to do. And and that's, I think what's been amazing through this, you know, this year is, is watching people keep going as much as they can. Yeah. However they can. Yeah. Yeah. Watching them innovate and be, be creative in, in ways to, to sustain themselves. It's, it's impressive. It's amazing. And I, I'm just so happy because I have a lot of guests on here on this show who, you know, they're, they're in small bands, they're local bands who, you know, wherever they're at, they've released an album or something. And it's like you just said, they, they can't rely on album sales anymore. Not the way the music industry is now, not with streaming and all that. So they've got to find other ways to do it. You know, my hope is there, you know, there's going to be a lot that to analyze over this last year, not only in music and things like that, but in social, economic and political, there's so many things that we're going to be analyzing and learning from. And I, I, I hope that, we can figure out a way in the music business to, you know, figure out a new way of doing things. Um, everybody's streaming, but nobody's making money on that. Well, someone is, yeah. but you know, and, the, and there's, and there's fights and people are being vocal and, and hopefully those things will get resolved. But it's, um, it just makes me mad that it's so hard for artists and musicians to make a living. Yeah. You know, yeah. and some do. And, and there's, all the gigantic famous rock star people they they we're not worried about them i'm not i'm not, right. I'm not crying for keith richards right now because the stones can't tour like what the hell you know yeah but you know there's i you know most of the bands i've worked with they're they're all bands that they got to work they got put out records and they got to do the cycle and they and they're doing it but yeah if you can't do that you 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 know and, and they're uh you know it should be easier even if there's not a pandemic it should be easier for yeah, I would. I would love it. I mean, if it was, I, I would still survive. be a photographer. Absolutely. Yeah, but three kids made it tough. <laughs> yeah. I needed a steady income at that point and some three insurance kids. at that but, point. But that's the thing. Here, here's the other thing. Photography. What's what's beautiful about it? There's nothing stopping you from taking pictures. Oh no, I'd do it every day. Yeah, and you know, it, it, art and and things like that. It, there's you know, there's no clocking out. You just do it. No. If you have the bug, you do it. Yep. And you decide and, and maybe there's a point that you decide it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do a show. Let's, let's, let's get some of these out there. And you know, there, there's always steps. And I, I feel like now more than ever, we have to multitask as individuals anyways. Like yeah. I, I find myself doing that in, you know, and especially now it's like you have to multitask because it's, it's hard enough to make it doing one thing. Even if you have a steady job, it's, yep. hard, it's sometimes hard enough. So you know, it's like that, that saying, you know, if you can find a hobby that you can make money in or you can, your other interest, figure out a way, you know, and, and yeah. one thing doesn't have to make you uh, uh, rich, but if, you know, many, couple little things here, a little bit things, you know. Lots of irons in the fire. Exactly. I've just, I've always been a fan of that anyways. The, the, well, you've been, you've been doing it for a while. You've, uh, you know, producing, mixing, engineering, you've, you've multitasked your whole career. Being in a, a musician as well, you know. This is right up your alley. Yeah. Some people call it multitasking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke with my wife whenever. See, if, if you hang around with me enough, you know that there, there is a bit of chaos. There is a bit, there's, a, there's a lot of 
nice big chunk of ADHD in there and all that good stuff. So there's, there's a lot of shit, but then things somehow filter its way out. And I, I, I joke with her. I was like, it's just like jazz, baby. It's just, you just improvise and like jazz <laughs> that is perfect because that's the way i am and my wife is the, not that way at all yeah my wife is the one that that handles the, the budget and, and makes sure mine the bills too get paid. that's that's why i can make that joke with her because mine too and she knows that she knows that i know that she knows that i know yeah. <laughs> that i am a lucky son of a bitch sometimes and I, you know and for her and you know for many things but it's uh to throw them things out into the world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, she's, because of my wife and my family, I get to be creative and do my photography and do this podcast and, and talk to awesome people like, like you and, and the guys from L1011. And uh, I, I mean, I've kept you a, a while. Thank you so much for spending so much time and, and, and talking about oh, my your pleasure, career. Man. It's this is, this really been a blast. Yeah, man, this was fun. Thanks for having me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.